All right, back in here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. Let's get to The Fan Focus. All right. Starting us off, it's going to be Nick and Dustin on Flacco versus DTR. I think Joe is the better quarterback. Like, right now, today, if you said who who has maybe a better chance to win this game, this game specifically, yeah, I'd probably say it's Joe Flacco. But that's not the exercise we're aiming at here. The exercise you're aiming at is if both guys started the final six games of this, this season, who do you think might give you a better chance heading into a playoff game? And I'll go with the young kid who's got the ability to run and throw who showed significant promise against Denver. It's a fascinating question. Now, I laid out in the beginning why I believe Joe Flacco should be the guy for this week, and a lot of that is based off the idea that DTR potentially getting just Friday to practice and then coming off the concussion, if he gets cleared in the concussion protocol, just feels like a big ask. And for somebody that got all the practice, uh, every single practice day, and the week leading up to him getting dog-walked by Baltimore and then had the audacity to complain about it afterwards saying he didn't get enough warning ahead of time, didn't get enough all this. When, go back and look at the quotes. He said he was prepared going into that game, and then his post-game comments were completely different. So I, listen, I just, I, I can't do it. If he needs everything to be perfect, then fine. I'll wait until everything is perfect. But the, the question I find is fascinating is, who gives you the better chance to win six games? And I told you guys a million times, I'm a man without a country when it comes to this. I don't have a favorite between DTR, PJ Walker, and Joe Flacco. I just don't. I, I, I'm i almost more intrigued with what Joe Flacco could be because he's a mystery box more than I am intrigued by maybe some growth and development by DTR. But if you told me six games, honestly, whether it's DTR and whether it's Flacco, I think they go the same three and three, the same four and two, the same two and four, whatever it ends up being. I just don't think there's a marketable difference between either one of them and what you'd end up getting. I just don't see it that way. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope DTR shows us a little bit more, but as of right now, it's all I got. All right, next up, it's going to be Cannon Lima with a phone call as a caller goes at the idea that Keith got in a, a dispute with a truck driver on the road and then was going to call his how am I driving sign on the back of his truck. Here we go. Rob on the road. Hello. Hey, how you doing today? We're doing okay. Go ahead, bud. Listen, I'm a trucker. There's my horn. <laughs> I, I am outraged by this guy. You know, our the right lane is for us because if you're going up the hill, we want to let you get by us, blah, blah, blah. The bad weather, we have to get over somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure that is exactly what happened here. And, you know, if this guy, this marble mouth, if he wants it so bad, I can get on my radio right now and I can make every trucker in Ohio never listen to you again. No! No, no Rob! You know Rob! Because I'm, Rob! I'm telling you. Rob! <laughs> Rob, we're on your side, Rob! I mean, it doesn't. It sounds like Lima, like, hates everybody on the road. No, no, this isn't Lima! That's not Lima! That's you know, not Lima it, saying it, Rob! Just, just understand that the right lane is for us so we can let everybody else go by. We know we're not fast. We know we can't Pass everybody up. Rob. And the weather's bad. We need to get over to the right for safety. We are on your side, Rob. This show is on your side in this. 
Don't so do guy, that. I want him to flip me off. No. I want him to flip me off. That's no. He, no. You, know what? you you call my company, the girl that answers, she's on my side. She's not on your side. <laughs> Rob, Rob. I'm telling you right now. Rob, you cut me off all you want. If anybody gives you the finger, just assume they work at another radio station, okay? I tell you, that, I'm telling you, I got the power right now. Don't, I'm ready. Don't, I don't, we'll all go down the dial if that guy says Rob, it one more time. I'm promise. begging you. I'm begging you, don't do it. One, don't Rob. do it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Down in Columbus, yeah, yes. someone from 97.1. Thank you, Rob. It was it was someone from 93.7 in Pittsburgh. Wasn't... So why do they have... Holy Toledo. It, it, does it make them feel better? Why do they have the how am I driving put on the back of the truck? What is the point of that? It's a good question at the end. I've never called one of those. I thought the phone call was hysterical, though. I love, I love the idea of him being like, I've got all my truck driving friends, and we're just not going to listen to the fan anymore because of this conversation. And he was so adamant about it. I just I loved every bit of it. Absolutely. I thought it was hysterical. I, I've i never called one of those because snitches get ditches. I don't call on people, and I know maybe I should fix this in a little bit of a way. I'm just like the anti-Karen, anti-Ken, anti-whatever you want to. I don't mean Ken Carmen there. I just mean like a, a, someone that, like, you know. With somebody that would snitch. I think the male version of that is called a Ken, is it not? I believe it, it's Karen and then it's Ken. Oh, really just dug myself in a hole there, didn't I? But I'm the anti-whatever that is. Because I just, I don't complain about people at their work. Because it's their job and they got to make money. And it's not on me to find out if somebody's doing a bad job or a good job. Because I don't know whether or not that's a one-off. I don't know if they're having a bad day. It's just not, it's just not for me. Now, on the road... I know we're all playing a team game here, right? And if I see somebody that is really being problematic, maybe I should. Maybe I should get better at that. But I'm never, I'm never calling one of those companies. That's just not a thing that I do. I just, it's just not who I am. It takes so much for me to be one of those people. I just not who I am. All right, Dan and Phelps on the Cavs. Cavs right now, and you know, they've played well as of late. They've won seven of their last ten, and they're ten and eight. But they're in eighth place right now. And I'm not looking at the standings to say, oh my god, they're in eighth place. What I'm looking at the standings for is this. There are 11 teams that have won at least eight games so far. The Toronto Raptors are sitting in 11th place right now. And, And again, not counting the places, but looking at the wins. Toronto has eight. Atlanta has eight. Brooklyn has nine. Cavs and Heat have ten. Indiana has nine in 16 games. Knicks have won ten games. And then I think you get to the cream of the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia. Orlando? Orlando's been playing a fun ball. Comments in a minute. Uh, Milwaukee. Boston. In other words, man, there are a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that are pretty good. Yeah, what's funny is that you can kind of break down the NBA by the teams that are trying and the teams that aren't trying. That's basically what he did right there, right? Like, how many teams in the Eastern Conference are actually trying? Oh, we got 11 this year. That's that's more than most years? Okay. And then you work from there. I think the Cavs are in an interesting spot in their season, though. I, I like What I liked about yesterday's game was that they actually played defense. And for the number one rated defensive team from last year to be middle of the pack so far this year, they shut down Trey Young. And the Isaac Okoro-Max Struess swap, you knew you would take a hit defensively. I still love that play overall, though. And I love the idea that when it comes to what you could get out of Max Struess offensively, outweighing what they could get defensively from Isaac Okoro, that they've maintained that and they stuck with their guns. Last night was a good night for Cavs basketball. 
All right, next up, it's going to be Ken and Lima on watching games with the sound on or sound off. Here we go. Awful announcing put up a story. I don't I think know. it was uh, Axelrod put up a story ah. this week that he was getting criticism from both sides that were both claiming that Sanchez was rooting against the Broncos or the Browns. What the hell could the Broncos fans say? Um, that is what every fan base says after a game, that the announcer is rooting against their team. So I, if I thought by he that pretty by, impressed with the Broncos. By that measure, I think then Sanchez is probably doing a good job, according to Fox. If if both fan bases think he was rooting against them. I still don't know how to take Mark Sanchez. Because on one hand, I agree with you. I want a guy who has opinions, and they, he has bold opinions. Yeah. On the other hand, he just I knew he was going to make life a living hell, and I don't want to do that on Sunday again. Because I knew I, he just kept going after the play call and go, oh, my God, he's got our callers eating out of his hands with this. He did not like Stefanski's play calling at all. No. And then, by the way, I hated it most of all because I thought he was right about the play calling. That's another thing is I had to face facts on that. That sucked. So do you want to watch the game on mute now, folks? Maybe you guys calling me out saying that's stupid. And you got to be, oh, well, maybe I'm not so dumb after all. At least about that. Yeah, I agree. Mainly because it's what I do as well. I found a, a common place with Ken, and I think this might surprise some of you guys to learn and find out. I watch the majority of sporting events on mute. I watch the Browns with sound on because I want to be able to comment on guys like Mark Sanchez when I feel like they're making an idiot out of themselves and they're rooting on touchdowns in the end zone from Samaj P. Ryan to stand because he thinks that the celebration was too cool. That was actual analysis that he just gave out this past weekend, okay? I can't believe we're having them again. I cannot believe we're going to have them again this weekend. I just, I cannot believe it. And people thought he did a great job because he hammered Stefanski at the end in the appropriate time to hammer Kevin Stefanski. But I've listened on sound on for the Browns, sound on for the Browns games because I like to hear what they're saying because you guys are going to comment based off of what they're saying. And you guys are going to have comments based off of what they're saying. And I just, I think that's important. I can't tell you the last Guardians game I've listened to with the sound on, and that's no uh, offense to anybody on that broadcast. I know they do a good job. It's just not how I take in baseball games. Basketball, the same thing. It's just not how I take in the games. I typically watched, I watched 95% of sporting events with the sound off. I just got used to it. You know, when I first met my wife, a lot of the time it was because we wanted to watch a show together or something, but I had to watch the games because I watch every game. So you just... You got the other TV, you put it on the other TV, you watch, and then the wife watches what she wants to watch, and you're hanging out together is the, the real reason behind it. And you just get used to watching games on your own. Uh, you get used to watching games without the, the play-by-play being there. And it's, you know what? It's okay. Life moves on. Sometimes you miss little things here and there, for sure. But if you're on Twitter and you're following through, honestly, I've gotten used to it. I like it. It's weird to me. To actually listen to sound or games on, if we're being honest. All right. Nick and Dustin on the transfer portal, potentially helping out Ohio State. If you really like free markets, this is the, the freest market there is. So much so that their kids getting jobbed every year that go into the portal think they have something lined up and then it doesn't happen. Right. So, like, that is the free, unrestricted market. But I kind of look at it and like, I, I still don't know there's a quarterback yet. That has made me say, if that guy goes in, I want that guy over Kyle McCord. There are a lot of guys that I'm really interested in, but I don't know definitively there's one name that I've said, 
that dude, that's the guy. The, the portal's the only way in now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I do think that, you know, McCord doesn't quite have the athleticism that some of the quarterbacks they've had in the past. You know, mm-hmm. Stroud or, well, Stroud wasn't that mobile, but I mean, obviously Justin Fields was more mobile. Um, and then before that, I mean, you had Braxton. You had, you had, um, JT. JT Barrett. Yeah, I was trying to think of all the quarterbacks we've had. Um, and like Cam Moore jumps out to me as a guy that like if I'm a Buckeye coach, a recruiter, like I'm 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 giving him a call. Cam Ward's a quarterback for Washington State. It appears he's been offered a million dollars plus by ten different schools, and when the transfer window opens up on December fourth, he'll be there. Seven thousand yards, forty-eight touchdowns, and sixteen picks. There's something about Ohio State having a chance to fix their quarterback problems this way that just bothers me. I don't know why it is. It just it bothers me that the rich get richer, but that's how college football has always worked, so I understand that. It's just it's more the idea that their problems can be fixed not because they develop someone, but because their checkbook and prestige is larger than other schools. Maybe I want him to earn it more. I'm not entirely sure. Miami's Tyler Van Dyke, Kansas State's Will Howard, Mississippi State's Will Rogers. And then you look around and it's like all these schools. USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida State, Florida, Ohio State. It's like they're at the mall shopping for Black Friday. They just get to go up and down the aisle and grab whatever it is that they like. It just doesn't feel right. Receiver on a discounted price. I'll take one of those. How about a a quarterback that has thrown for 50 touchdowns? There's something to me about the idea that you had to develop a guy and you had to roll the dice. Justin Fields goes from Georgia to Ohio State. They didn't know if Justin Fields was going to be Justin Fields. They still had to roll the dice and take the chance. Quinn Ewers goes from Ohio State to Texas. You still don't know. You have a good idea, but you still don't know. Joe Burrow goes from Ohio State to LSU. LSU didn't know. They had to roll the dice, and they had to get the best out of that one. I like that version of college football better than the version of college football that says Cam Ward throws for 7,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, and 16 picks. So we've seen him do it. Let's just take him for our team now. And that is... The fan focus. We come on back, 216-474-0092. If you had to guess today, who finishes with a higher record? Is it the Browns or is it the Steelers? I'll tell you what I believe. I want your input as well. At JP, as they find me on Twitter. We'll get to off the beaten path coming up at 1040. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on the fan.